Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. This past week I had a meeting. It was not a meeting with anyone at the Chapel of the Cross. It was not a meeting with anyone affiliated with the Chapel of the Cross. It was not a meeting with anyone associated with the Episcopal Church. It was a meeting with another human being, and I will leave it at that because I do not want to get in trouble. I was very anxious about this meeting. I wanted to be professional. I wanted to make a good impression. I wanted to seem like something other than the imposter I feel like most days. I did not succeed. First of all, I cut myself shaving. And not a small nick but a strategically placed cut that would optimize the amount of blood that would spurt from my face. I bought a new shirt, but as I was driving to the meeting, I realized that one of the buttons was missing, which would cause, which could cause an embarrassing wardrobe malfunction. I procured a new clergy collar, from England no less, probably not the most patriotic choice, Independence Day week, but anyway, however, I did not attempt to put on this new collar until I arrived for the meeting, and only then I discovered that the buttonholes one uses to attach a clergy collar to a clergy shirt were glued shut. So I had to figure out how to get this blankety-blank collar on this blankety-blank shirt, all whilst holding a tissue to my face because I was still bleeding. Needless to say, I did not arrive feeling my best. Thankfully, the person I met with was very gracious and hospitable, and I soon forgot that I was a complete mess. After my meeting, I went home and attempted to cook something for supper and proceeded to drop a major appliance on the kitchen floor, shattering it into a billion pieces. Not my best day. Do you ever have bad days? Silly question, I know, everyone has bad days. Although there are those people in our lives who seem like they never have bad days. Especially in the age of social media, stroll through the Instaposts or the Bookface, and it looks like everyone else is living their best life and looking fabulous while doing it. This impression is only magnified with celebrities and athletes and historical figures the people we see on the TV or the field or read about in books are so talented and so smart and so everything. We project 
All of our hopes and dreams, all of our wants and desires, all of the things we wish we were on these others that we don't even know. Elevating their being to something entirely ridiculous and unachievable, but we do it nonetheless. We can easily fall into this trap when remembering our founding fathers, especially around Independence Day. Names like Washington, Jefferson, Hancock, Franklin, and Hamilton provoke a powerful response. And they deserve such prestige because they were distinguished men. They lit the torch of freedom for nations then unborn, as our opening prayer prayed today. They led a ragtag band of rebels to victory over one of the globe's most powerful military forces. They formed a government unlike any government the world had ever seen. They kept a disparate group of states together despite profound differences and circumstances. And they wrote some of the most powerful sentences in the English language. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thomas Jefferson. Or, the sacred rights of mankind are not to be rummaged for among old parchments or musty records. They are written as with a sunbeam, in the whole volume of human nature, by the hand of divinity itself. Alexander Hamilton. Our history nerd man crushes on such people are easy to understand. That being said, our founding fathers were far from perfect. Among those who actually signed the Declaration of Independence, John Hancock was an alleged smuggler. John Adams failed at teaching. Samuel Adams, John's cousin, was elected tax collector for the city of Boston, but he was so kind and soft-hearted that the city almost went bankrupt because he he allowed so many to shirk their tax bill. Robert Payne was such a boring preacher, he went to law school. (laughs) Ben Franklin signed a contract to be a printer's apprentice, but then he promptly skipped town, fleeing to Philadelphia and eventually to London. And, and this one is my favorite, Samuel Chase, who eventually became one of the first justices on the Supreme Court, was known to his friends as Old Bacon Face. And yet, and yet these smugglers and failures and bacon-faced misfits founded a nation a mighty nation we celebrate this week. And we should remember that while we admire these leaders and writers and thinkers, they weren't perfect, and they probably had their share of bad days, just like you and me. Alexander Hamilton once said, I never expect a perfect work from an imperfect man. And on a larger and much more important cosmic scale, God does not expect us to be perfect either. We are meant to love God, to hear God's word, to be Jesus' disciple, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, but none of that requires us to be perfect, not by a long shot. This may seem contrary to the last line of today's gospel, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I don't think Jesus meant that we must attain perfection in this life. That will occur 
in the next life. But all of us are made in the image of God, and we should in this life move toward perfection, inspired by God's divine perfection. As Thomas Merton once prayed, My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me, nor do I really know myself, and the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. Or, as another beloved 20th century theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, once wrote, God is not ashamed of the lowliness of human beings. God marches right in. He chooses people as his instruments and performs his wonders where one would least expect them. God is near to lowliness. He loves the lost, the neglected, the unseemly, the excluded, the weak, and the broken. This week we celebrate the United States of America and all that is good and noble about her ideals and founders and leaders. And as Christians, this week and every week, we celebrate the goodness of God and our call to do God's work in the world. And as citizens and disciples, we are called not to be perfect, but to be ourselves. And if we succeed at being ourselves, just as God intended us to be, then we will accomplish great things. Amen.